Are we shocked more that Orange County dropped uh, some points this past weekend or the fact that they even had a chance to get three points with the way their statistical match looked? We're going to talk about that. Plus, look ahead to the next match. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm here to take you through this journey tonight as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, let's introduce the rest of the team here. First, the man who's been here since the beginning, um, Mr. Dylan. Dylan, how are we doing, my man? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here, and uh, we got a beer tonight. So and You're glad to talk Cheers, about, this upcom- or about this past match, right? Glad? Uh, I don't know. Shades of 2021, right? But um, it's always a pleasure to be here on a Tuesday night. Perfect. Let's uh, move down south, the five, to San Diego, and Mr. A Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. How are we doing, Mr. Allen? Good. Um, having a nice evening. Just had some fake meat burgers, and um, so, yeah. Fake meat burgers. Yeah, those Beyond Burgers. Is that the official term? Some... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. And then we had Beyond Carrot Carrots, where it's it, they look like carrots and taste like carrots, but they're made from meat. Interesting. That was bad. That was really bad, Alan. But is it as bad as uh, some of Brad's uh, little comments or jokes or whatever he gets up there in Reno? Uh, Brad, did you uh, do you know what fake meat is? Um, is it like the Malort of the meat industry? No, because it actually tastes pretty good. <laughs> Everyone has their opinions because I think Malort tastes just fine. Uh, I'm I'm doing fine. It just makes me think of the old, this past week makes me think of the old age-old like debate. Would you rather your favorite team win one championship and then be the worst team ever for the rest of forever? Or would you rather them be like a middle of the road playoff team perpetually? And I think we've uh, figured out what Orange County wants to be so far this season. Ooh, look at Brad coming with the hot takes already. We're not even, what, four minutes into this episode. But, um, (laughs) you know, this is going to be a tough episode, right, folks? Uh, Not the prettiest of matches. I know I have said multiple times during this season that I love these tactical matches, these slow defensive matches. Um, But I don't know if I anticipated the kind of uh, sitting back mentality that we had in this match. Uh, Let's just, let's just run through this really quick. Just like some of the stats, some of the key stats from this match. Um, 
you know, the, the main stat is a two, two draw uh, that almost was a two, one vi- uh, win for orange County. If not for a super late goal um, from Oakland in the 94th minute of action. Um, how many minutes of added time were in this match? I can't remember, but um, it was three or four. Three. Or was it seven? It was three minutes of added time. And so games. one of those, Matches where you're going to be like, well, come on, it's been three minutes. Let's blow that whistle. Let's get this win. But uh, so there's that. Um, let's look at the possession uh, stats. Um, who wants to guess who won the possession stats on this one? That They won't even give you odds on that in Vegas or Reno because it's so apparent at what it's going to be from the get-go. Um, so according to them, I'm going off of Google, uh, like the Google stat sheet here. Um, 71% for Oakland, 29% for OC for the full match. That's, that's not very pretty. Right. And it was 75, 25 in the second half, even worse in the second half. Wow. Um, let's look at pass accuracy for the, this is for the full match. And then Alan's going to give us the breakdown of, of half apparently, because he loves, uh, looking smart on this, but, uh, pass accuracy, Oakland, pretty respectable, 86% pass accuracy. Um, Orange County, less than 65% pass accuracy for this match, 63%. Um, that means one one out of every three passes they attempted did not reach its target, uh, which is probably worse than my youth team that I coached did this weekend against Liverpool. Um, so huh, that's that's a tough one. And I have a kid on my team that every time the ball comes to his feet, he just kicks it randomly, um, no matter how much I tell him not to do that. and we probably still had more than 63% pass accuracy. Um, Alan, was the second half better or worse than the average? <laughs> worse. It was 61%. So basically every, th- out of five passes, three were successful. Now, if you make if you, if you attempt a lot of passes, then maybe it balances out, right? If you're attempting a lot of passes, but you're not getting as many, but the other team is attempting less passes, maybe it sort of balances out. But in this match, Orange County couldn't even... Uh, what Orange County was like... Only one third of the amount of passes, I believe, or not one third. Like, let's not do math. They had 263 total passes. Uh, or Oakland, 642? 642 passes at an 86% rate. Um, so um, not even close there. So there's no way Orange County can even catch up on pass uh, accuracy, like the actual number of uh, great passes, right? Um, wow. At least we didn't yeah. lead in yellow cards. Uh, Oakland had more pa- more accurate passes in the second half than Orange County had the entire match, like total passes. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. Like, Orange County did win the yellow card battle, only one yellow card to Oakland's two, and they did win the corner battle, five corners to two. Um, that that's that's the moral. That's the victory. There is the corners. We won in corners, basically, is what we can say, right? Um, how ugly was this match for you, Dylan? Uh, as the longest-standing Orange County fan, can you can you think back to a more ugly uh, Orange County performance than the one this past weekend? I just want to start and say I'm not the longest tenured Orange County fan. Out of the four of, of us, us, I suppose that's us. true. Um, this was, I think, my biggest complaint. This was definitely my biggest complaint last year when Cloutier was fired and replaced with Chaplow was that it's cool. It's it's fine. It's very, when it works, it's very effective. This play for a 1-0 victory, play for a draw thing every week. It's 
horrible to watch. It's horrible to watch your team have less than a third of the possession through a game. It's horrible to watch your team barely string any passes together. And while it can be exciting, I would much rather see us dominate the game and take the game to our opponents. But, you know, it, it worked for Phoenix in 2018. That's how they got past Orange County, um, playing quick and playing quick on the break with a not particularly mobile forward in Didier Drogba. It worked for Orange County in the last, I'm going to say, 15 matches of last year when Chaplow took over. And the problem is injuries or missing really experienced, cool players. Um, when you play for a 1-0 victory, if you make one mistake, that's it. It's, it's at best a draw at that point. And um, that's difficult to do because the players that play at this level might not be skilled enough to play at the next level. And sometimes it's just down to they make more mistakes than the guys that play at the next level. And um, it does not take much. You know, we, we saw last week, it takes one under-hit back pass for you to concede. And Rakowski can't stand on his head for 35 games out of a season. So it's it's brutal, um, but it's not surprising to to concede one here in the 94th minute. And to kind of answer Brad's thing earlier, I would much rather maybe kind of answer his thing. It was great to win a championship, and that night in Tampa is something I will never forget and, and never take for granted. But I do miss us taking the game to other teams and uh, watching us play a much more free-flowing game. As beautiful as it is to watch us park 10 men behind the bus when it works really well and we're really compact and have a very good shape, Ray, I, I accept that that is very impressive and very cool to see. Man, I want to see some more goals, though. Well, let me jump. I mean, Orange County scored the first two goals of this match. They were up 2-0 in the 35th minute of this match, um, which I think by all thoughts, you know, with our style of play, a 2-0 victory, we should be able to hold on um, and secure the victory. And they they came literally seconds close to doing so and getting the full three points in this match, if not for that late goal by uh, Carlson. Um, Alan, is, uh, do you think that early 2-0 lead takes into play or, or create some of these lopsided stats that we're seeing that orange County, you know, gets that early two nil victory. So we're basically just dropping back and who cares about possession, who cares about uh, pass accuracy. It's almost like they were just clearing the ball or, or just getting the ball down the pitch or whatever it was. I mean, can, can that play into these lopsided stats when we have an early two nil victory? I mean, I, I think there's some justification in that. Like I watched a, albeit not outdoor soccer team defend an entire quarter only up a goal. You know I mean? Like I think that there's, there's something to be said about that, but there's also something to be said about you're inviting pressure over 45 minutes. Like that's a lot to sustain um, in the best of times. Like there's a difference between like sitting back and like absorbing pressure and then, having some release of that pressure, right? Some release valves, some maybe not run of possession, but like maybe a couple good looks at goal or at least put them on, you know, so they don't think that they can throw everyone forward. But if you're not even attempting a shot on target, like Oakland's going to send everything at you. And I think that's the difference. I think if you're going to sit back, you still have to be a little bit dangerous, even up two goals, because you always have that doubt in your mind. Like, 
if we don't play this perfectly, we go three down and then it's, you know, game over versus they're all just going to sit back. So we could just throw everyone forward and just keep trying and trying and trying. And if we get one lucky bounce, then hot dog, we're in, you know what I mean? We're only down a goal. Um, so I think, I think there's yes and no. I think you still need to be dangerous. And I think that's one of the issues, the, the problems with the second half is, you know, you're, you're not really threatening anything. So Oakland feels like we can get to here. If they're not even going to try and play, you know, positive soccer, like let's just go out and try to get one. And they did. And they were lucky. I think they were pretty lucky to get the the last minute win, but these are the, the fine margins that you're playing with, you know, when you're playing the not lose game. Um, It's like playing prevent defense in football, right? Like if you're playing not to lose, sometimes you don't win. All right, Brad, do you agree with the analysis from Dylan and, and Alan here on how this match went? Or did you see, uh, and or also another question, did you see any positives from Orange County out of this match? I mean, if you can call the first half a positive, uh, I thought the first half we played uh, well. I mean, going up two goals is big, but whatever parking the bus nightmare that was that we had that second half, like... You don't win games by sitting back and taking no shots on goal and taking zero risk. Um, and the second half was just atrocious. It, it To go into my cliche bag, a tale of two halves. And that's exactly what this past game was. I love how it brings out that cliche and he gets a big old grin on his face as he's saying it. He he was excited to bring that, mm-hmm. that cliche out. Um let me go to you back to you, Dylan. Uh, there's been a lot of people asking for more starts from Ugo Okoli. He he got a chance in this match, right? And he's uh, gets a goal uh, early on, scores the first goal of the match, 22nd minute uh, from Ugo Okoli. Uh, thoughts on his goal? There's a lot to take away here. Am I just giving my thoughts on on the goal, or am I giving yeah, my thoughts your, thought, on your thoughts on your thoughts on Ugo starting, and should he be starting more, and his thoughts on his goal? Let me put it this way: He is a massive, massive person. I'm not talking Noah Holdfield's sized, um, but he's he's big. He's not that much taller than me, but like physically, he's large. So yeah, if we're putting balls in the box like that. He should be finishing them, and it's it's good to see him scoring and good to see him starting. The trade off is also knowing that it's not he's not the solution to Orange County's woes. Um, so I'm happy for him, and and he deserves the credit for for getting into the right place and and taking what was kind of a difficult, you know, knee height ball and putting it away. Like ultimately, he is so much more successful when he kind of plays the role he did last season with, you know, just kill off the game. Um, and while he is a player capable of playing 90 minutes, the system that we play now just needs him to come in, kill off a game, body his defenders, create problems like Oakland did for us. I mean, you just you look at their first goal and you basically need him to to do that to, to other defenses. Alan thoughts on, uh, Albie Scandy getting his first goal, uh, with, as an orange County, uh, player, if any thoughts on it. I mean, I, I think 
it, it just adds to a little bit of the positivity of the first half where like hey we can defend like crazy and then get a goal um it's another set piece goal which like is like a good positive sign that's like we can get goals if we need to right this but this is kind of you want to see a few more of the first goal um because you want to see that out of the run of play from your players um but it's really really nicely taken um really well headed second goal like he heads it to the ground and that's a really tough play for a keeper to dive to their side and kind of track a ball that bounces right that's just a really smart headed down goal um and so you got to give him credit for that and congratulations uh and it had to feel good like you're up two nil at home um I, I think relying on set piece goals might be might be a game plan right like we're not doing too well in the run of play, but we have some guys who can really head the ball in and, and do a good job on a set piece. So maybe you play for set pieces, although corner kicks aren't the greatest, but getting those fouls in those key spots, I think um, might be beneficial to, to jumpstart uh, Orange County's offense because uh, we've seen some success there. Um, and then maybe that spills over into the run of play where guys are seeing the ball hit the back of the net and they feel good about it. And now they're going to make it happen in the run of play. Uh, so it's good for him. I think set pieces might be able to sustain and keep orange County, at least in touching distance to the last playoff spot, right there. What four points back with two games in hand. So they're still within touching distance of, of the playoff uh, line right now, even as things aren't going well. Uh, so I think this is one of the positives that you can take from this game is, and, and some of the past games too, of just some, some really well-worked, um, set pieces that I think you should be able to replicate when you need them. I mean, and we look at that, right. And, and honestly, given a few more seconds in this match before uh, that last goal goes in, maybe it's a three point uh, result for orange County. Uh, and we're maybe sort of talking about, Hey, we, we got away with one, but yay. So, I mean, that's the the way the sport goes, right? Brad is, is these slight little differences in a game, you know, an extra couple seconds where, Oakland can can get the equalizer in extra time uh, as opposed to maybe not having enough time to do so. And and we're, we're sort of probably we probably have a different attitude about this match uh, today. Right. Or, or would we still be as as sad and negative about this match, uh, regardless of three points or one point? It's so typical. <laughs> we're just letting him go and he doesn't know he's muted ah okay what was that okay, whole thing me, you just said yes basically we'd be having the same conversation right now and then add the word almost before literally everything we say um but also not sound as depressed i guess because our second half was non-existent. We didn't, we didn't show up. We didn't, we didn't have a shot on goal. Like, oh my god, it's just so frustrating uh, to see like just squander a two-goal lead like that. Um, it just would be weird. Yes, yes. Um, but unfortunately, that's the way the ball bounces when it comes to the sport. Is these slight 
differences can can change things up. Brad's like drinking something. It's, it's a Malort night. We've decided based on the conversation and my lack of unmuting myself. I think our, our producer didn't even want to rewatch these highlights. That's why he's waiting until we're done with talking about this match before they come up, right? Brad Malort is not going to solve Orange County's problems. But they'll solve my problems temporarily. I do not condone alcoholism and neither am I alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while we watch these highlights from the match, let's sort of uh, move on because I think we we none of us really want to talk much more about this match because it's not the most exciting match to talk about. But there was some news that broke earlier today as we're recording that uh, one of our, our defenders that probably hasn't gotten a maybe a shot or a fair shot at some minutes, um, Mr. Blake Malone has left the club. Uh, per the club report, it was a mutual termination of the contract or mutual depart by Blake Malone and the club, whatever you want to call it. Um, Dylan, are we disappointed on that? Or uh, do we not really know enough about Blake Malone to wonder what could have been? I I don't think the gap between USL, a good USL League One team that is good enough to win a championship in Unit Omaha and a good USL championship team that is Orange County, I don't believe that gap is big enough to say that he doesn't deserve a chance. And I get that he's not eight feet tall and from another country so that he doesn't get some like sort of starting just by nature of being like exotic per se, but it is so frustrating to me that we signed him, did nothing with him for a year, sent him on loan and just let him go. When I feel like he really, really deserved a chance at this back end because there's been problems before like Kobe Henry's had really bad runs of form and we've, we've stuck with him. Um, Hunter Gorski's had a rough go of things. Albie Skendi's had a rough go of things. Why not give Blake Malone a chance? It's been two years. He's clearly capable. Um, so I'm disappointed from the team standpoint of things and wanting to see him perform, but I'm glad for him because he deserves a real chance. And I think um, he's going to get that in Colorado. I, I, so far, um, I think he's with the Rapids too. So I hope he gets a good shot and I hope regular playing time does him well. And I, I still want to see him do well for the future because, you know, he's a, he's a really nice kid um, for the few times we've gotten to interact with him. And so potential disappointment comes from this, right? Cause he's still relatively young player. He's only 21 years old. Um, at this time. So when you, you think about it, if you get him some, some playing time at any point during his tenure with orange County, I know he got to uh, play in 13 matches uh, with USL league one champions union Omaha last season, but not really an opportunity with orange County. Uh, but if you get him some opportunities, maybe this season, um, at least, you know, early going, you have a chance to maybe grow up some value. And instead of just mutually terminating the contract, maybe potentially looking at, sending him off and getting something in return for him instead of just saying, you know what, we're done with it. Um, so that's maybe some of the disappointment there as well is, is that you sort of sat on him for a couple seasons and didn't really help grow his value other than that lone stint to union Omaha, which I know that that increases value, but um, with all the defensive struggles, maybe that were early on in the season for orange County with injuries and stuff, and then you're not willing to play him. It's going to tell other teams, Maybe he's not that good. Maybe he's not worth, you know, trying to talk Orange County into selling, even if it's just for a small little 
bit of money or something, which I, I get it. This is what happens a lot in, in the USL championship. There's uh, it's very rare that you get player transfer fees and whatnot. It's usually contract ends and you're signing players on a free uh, whatnot. Um, Alan thoughts on Blake Malone leaving and are we, are you disappointed at all? Um, I mean, it might just be that he's not fitting. He's not going to fit into the new system that orange County is running, right? Like, you're running it's you're running more like a three back system with you know two winger wing back kind of deal um like a three four or whatever um so maybe it was just like a just a fit like it wasn't he might not have the skills needed to fit into that system or uh maybe he didn't feel comfortable and wanted to to move on he had an opportunity to go to Colorado too um sometimes this just happens right like guys just don't work at a team Right. It's not that he's a bad player or that Orange County didn't, you know, didn't do X or he didn't do Y. It's just sometimes it's not a fit. Right. Like we see this at the highest levels where a guy is tearing up, tearing it up from one team, moves to another team, and the system just doesn't fit his strengths or her strengths. And they have to move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so mostly at Man United, you're right. Um, but it's it is it it is it just could be one of those things where it just wasn't a right fit, and he had an opportunity to move somewhere else. He's like, hey, it's clear I'm not going to get a ton of time here. They're promising me more time over here. Is it cool if I go? And I think Orange County has shown in the past that's like, guys want to go, they're going to let them go. Like they're not going to hold on to them for whatever reason. And I, I, you know, you have to respect that about the Orange County as a as a franchise that they are. Um, that if guys want to go, they let them go. They don't be like, no, we rah, 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 right. It's it's they did this with Chris Weehan as well, and to a certain extent, right? Like they're not just going to let anybody walk. But like if it comes down to it, if it's like it's what's best for the player, it's what the player wants. It's it fit, it works with the team. They're going to move them, um, or at least let them try another opportunity um, because he is so young. I think it would be if Orange County held on to him for no reason, it would be kind of a, a jerk move. And so I think this might be just what's best for um, Orange County and what's best for Blake Malone. I do want to go back to you really quick, Dylan, because you mentioned you brought up Blake's height. Um, but just to say, I mean, we're looking at this team, two other players that are getting starts on this roster, Michael Orozco and Hunter Gorski are both also five, 10 and a half inches. Uh, so I, I don't think the height is what's causing Blake Malone to not get playing time uh, when we're that's, looking at the, the, the starting lineups. That's fair. He's not going to replace a Michael Orozco, but like, I mean, come on, like not even a rotation. You can't even give him like a shot to, it, to yeah, take Hunter uh, Gorski's spot. Does he not, really not fit the system that well? Is he that bad of a defender? It's weird. But yeah, like Alan said, I mean, credit to the club for just saying, all right, you can go. This isn't going to work. I'm just, I'm, I'm bummed for him um, because, you know, I feel like he really deserved a shot and he didn't get that shot. And so I, I hope he tears it up for, for his sake, not to stick one to the club, but just for his sake, because he deserves a really good, healthy chance to kind of prove his ability. He's still got like five plus years until he will be near his prime. So there's a... Uh, you know, there's there's still an uncut diamond there. Oh, uh, go to you, Brad. Last thoughts on this before we we move on. I mean, like, yeah, good on the club for releasing him um, and letting him find greener pastures. But 
he's not making the 18. I don't understand why, um, especially because we've needed the help back there. And, you know, with his stint with Union Omaha, like, they won the league, uh, League One. And I I have all the respect for Alvi Skendi. I don't know kind of where uh, – where, where he fits in right now because they're they're going a million different directions with him, but you can't tell me that there wasn't room for Blake Malone out there. But apparently there wasn't because he wasn't no. getting in that uh, eighteen uh, man roster game in and game out. So best of luck to Blake Malone, awesome guy. He's been on our show before and and he was awesome as a guest. So best of luck to Blake Malone and and like Dylan said, hopefully he tears it up um, in the future here and and maybe makes Orange County regret. Uh, maybe some of these decisions, uh, uh, but hopefully Orange County is able to still succeed after the loss of Blake Malone. Um, let's get into our scoring prediction contest here really quick. Uh, I'll let Brad's ensure the one managing. Oh no, you have to like Brad has to do other stuff. I guess Dylan run through the, uh, the, the standings. Yeah, sure. Somehow I find myself in first place with, um, Emrod, which is cool. Hey bud. Miss you. Um, no idea how um, we've is apparently it's second place. Can I not read? I don't know what Ray's doing over here. Maybe he's just giving us the British finger. Point is 36 I'm points. I'm in second. Okay. Ray's in second. He wants everyone to know that um, on the podcast side of things, but at, at Grace in third. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's chiming in with their places. That's, that's great. Everyone please continue. Um, I mean, I guess the draw helps there, but I don't know, guys. If you're picking 4-0, 4-1, if you're picking Orange County to score more than two goals, I would. if you're looking to, to be competitive here, um, I would I would switch that up. That being said, I would love for us to start scoring four goals a game because I don't really care what we're doing on the back end if we're scoring four goals a game. Burkowski's a good enough keeper that four goals a game – on the offense is going to almost always result in a win. Yeah, there's only been, I want to say, there might have been more than one time, but the only one I can really think of since Rakowski arrived is the Los Dos game from last year. I, I love I this comment right here on. on the screen from El Patron de Grayson. Uh, Ray has 27, I have 33, Ray sucks, LOL. So that means, Alan, you do too suck, and Brad, you suck even worse. That's per El Patron de Grayson. Is that a surprise? <laughs> uh, let's move on to the, the upcoming match here. It's a Friday match, a Friday the 13th match. Um, so maybe the unlucky day is lucky for Orange County. Who knows how that's going to turn out there. But Orange County will be hosting FC Tulsa. Is that correct? Yes. And it's been a scary season so far. So maybe a, a spooky Friday the 13th is just what Orange County needs to get three comfortable, easy points. So it's, it's been a while since uh, Orange County has seen FC Tulsa because I believe the last couple seasons they were playing in the Eastern Conference. Um, so this will be interesting. Uh, they're now back. Well, they're still in the Eastern Conference, but they're now one of these cross conference matchups that orange county is going to get fc tulsa is sort of in a similar spot to orange county sitting right outside of uh you know the area you want to be which is the playoffs but it's still early enough in the season where you can 
make a run and get up there. They're only a point behind uh, Tampa Bay for that seventh spot. It's it's weird for me when I look at the standings because I'm so used to top eight at least making the playoffs. So now with this whole change where it's the top seven uh, because the first the one seed gets a, a bye in the first round of the playoffs. So that's where I get a little bit weird. I'm seeing eight. I'm like, yeah, they should be in the playoffs. Um, anyone on here consider themselves somewhat of a FC Tulsa expert or they have some knowledge if not i'll go to alan because he's a member of the usl show so he should know more than all of us go for it alan um they they have some pretty nice attacking pieces uh some names that people probably know who've been paying attention for more than five minutes uh rodrigo da costa and joaquin rivas who kind of are their left wing right wing uh, they got jerome williams up top um, they've had a pretty tough run of form. Uh, the past five games, including the Open Cup, were all losses to Pittsburgh, uh, Tampa FC, Tampa Bay Rowdies, <laughs> uh, FC Dallas, Colorado Springs Switchbacks, and then El Paso Locomotive. Uh, some of those are not surprising. Um, you know, losing to FC Dallas, uh, losing to Colorado Springs, are and to Pittsburgh. Uh, but they scored three against uh, usually a pretty solid defensive Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, they were able to uh, get three over at Detroit City most recently, who Detroit City is, was on a really nice run as well. So they have some really nice pieces. Um, they play much better at home than on the road, which I think is a positive for Orange County. Um, but FC Tulsa looks worse on paper if you're looking at the run of form, then they should on the pitch. Um, they're going to be a, a a tough team that are, is kind of really coming into their own and looking really nice. Um, so you don't want to overlook them. They have scored 16 goals in 10 games. So uh, some offensive firepower there. Uh, just um, I think the their admin have a personal beef with me since I pick them and then don't pick them. When I pick them, they lose. And when I don't pick them, they win. Um so when I pick them, I have to apologize when they lose. So the key question is, did week. you pick them this week? Uh, I did not. I did not. I picked neither team. I picked a draw in this match. Everyone else you picked know, Tulsa to win, by the way. Alan, I just have to say, you did touch on the Costa and uh, Joaquin Rivas, who are both very, very good players. But you did sleep on a particular Brian Brown, who... Brad would be familiar with who scored 27 goals for Reno just a couple years back. Um, he hasn't scored at all this season, but Orange County kind of feels like the team where if you're a striker and you haven't scored in a little bit, you might be thinking, Hey, you know what? This is my chance. This is a good time to get started and, and get, get something out of a game and get, get rolling. So um, yeah, another team that is, um, no defense, just all vibes, except they like to score a lot of goals while just vibing at the back. Um, Brad, what can we expect from a Brian Brown in this situation? If you're patient and um, and willing to wait for your opportunity and wait late in the game, Orange County's a good opponent. Uh, Brian Brown, man, that is a name that I miss a lot. Um, he was kind of a rookie under the likes of Dane Kelly uh, in his first season with 1868. 
And actually, I remember uh, he had told a couple of fans he was thinking about moving on to greener pastures. Uh, he wasn't getting his opportunities. And as soon as Dane Kelly left to wherever Dane Kelly went, um, Brian Brown gave his opportunity, and he 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 took advantage of it to the max. He had a really good uh, season. Uh, he's one of those players that uh, I don't know how to describe his play style other than he similar to Chris Wondolowski, he will find and put the ball away in garbage opportunities. And he's very good at that. So you have to limit your mistakes around a Brian Brown. There we go. Uh, Dylan, what does orange can have to do to uh, get the three points this match? Not give up a, a stoppage time goal. No, 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 no. This game is not going to go down to the 95th minute. This game is going to be won by a scoring more than two goals. And I don't. So think if Orange County scores more than that. two goals, they win. Is what you're saying? I mean, like I said earlier, Tulsa is a no defense, just vibes team, which means you got to stick into them. You got to throw guys forward. You got to get Skendy's massive body on the end of some of these crosses and just have him knock stuff down for dudes in the box, or just put him on target and try and put three or four past this team. Because I don't think sitting back is the way to go. Because we still don't have a blistering quick nine to to run in behind and we we probably don't have the quality to really advance the ball the way we want to a la eric calpio so yeah score lots of goals and hope it's enough um alan question for you so in our last match against oakland the starting lineup included shauna coley uh kubo torres tony rocha scandy Milanoloski, Peterson, Kasipli, Richards, Orozco, Villanueva, and then of course Patrick Burkowski in, in, in the goal. Um, what one or two players do you swap out, and who do you swap into their place for this matchup to maybe change things up? I, I mean, I think the the biggest thing is trying to find a place for Kaningas. I think might be a pretty decent swap out. Um, although I'm not sure who you swap him out for. Maybe. Maybe Rocha, like I, I liked. I think Kaningas has had a pretty solid start to the season, um, I, and I like you know his free kick ability, uh, which we've talked about. Like this is where Orange County's finding the love. Uh, Alaski had a really nice assist. Peterson had an assist as well. So you don't want to lose those guys, but if you can put another guy that can move the ball around um, and and put crosses in for some of these big guys, uh, I think that just makes them more dangerous. Um. Yeah, I think Orozco still gets the start in the center because you need someone a little bit less or a little bit more mobile uh, against uh, Tulsa because um, they have multiple threats. You guys need to be able to move your guys around. But I think Kaningas is probably the biggest swap out because um, right now I don't think you have uh, tons of other uh, options to... Um, to swap them in. So basically drop, uh, drop Rocha, bring Kaningas in is what uh, Alan is saying there. I mean, yeah. All right. And, and just really quick, you know, as we're live and I know this is a soccer podcast, but I know we have orange County people here. Um, no hitter for angels tonight. Um, youngest, no hitter in angel hitter uh, in history. So Way to ruin it. Right. If you knew anything about baseball, you'd know that you're not supposed to talk about that. 
but it's also the angels. So like, what do you guys really expect? I don't care. I'm talking about it. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it. My watch kept telling me about it all show. That's why uh, I kept looking down at my watch. Well, he already did it. it. He already did it. So now you can talk about it. Yeah. He already did it. It's done. Oh, it's over. I thought they were playing in Orange County. Yeah, no, no. They, they, off. Youngest no hitter for an Angels pitcher. So congrats to the Angels and the Angels fans on here. Awesome. Uh, Brad. Look at that. Defending well from an Orange County team. Couldn't be the Ducks. (laughs) Apparently is now the Angels. (laughs) If you call that defending, just don't let them hit the ball. Um, So basically defense for Orange County, we just don't let the other team get the ball, and then there's no way they can score on us. But we could still score on ourselves, apparently. So who knows? Um, Brad. If you're Coach Richard Chaplow, are you sticking to the game plan or are you making a change? And what kind of change would you make to like the formation or, or whatnot for the uh, for FC Tulsa and going forward? I'm finding a miracle cure for Brian Oloski and applying it as vigorously as I can. Um, in all seriousness, you know. So Brad if, thinks Brian Oloski is the the – the savior of this team is, is what we're hearing from Brad. It can't hurt uh, having a player of his ability. Okay. And so really quick on that, then you get Brian Oloski back. Who are you dropping to put Brian Oloski back into the starting 11? Um, whoever's filling up uh, Tony Rocha slash uh, Kevin Bertita spot up there. Well, Alan's already dropping Rocha to bring in Caningas. So we're going to drop Caningas for Oloski. I'm open to it. <laughs> no, go ahead with your second thought. Um, remember, <laughs> second thought. Uh, um, if you're getting off to an early lead, you can't take off the gas. And if you're behind, um, you got to be more creative. Uh, Orange County is scoring either on set pieces or crosses with the headers. Um, and it's nothing else. No one seems to be finding open space. Uh, breaking apart any enemy enemy opposing team back lines. Um, there's not much going on on that end of the field. Uh, the distribution is definitely lacking. I There is no miracle cure unless you can find a way to bring Except back some Brian of those Olosky. players. Brian Oloski. Brian Oloski is the miracle cure. And I, 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 that looks so much like a grass skirt. I want to see Dylan put that on uh, his background there where is a as a grass skirt dylan um score predictions for this we've got some fans that have already shared some of their predictions if you haven't yet i don't know if you still can i think i don't know what brad's rules on that but even if you're not officially participating throw them on here dylan what's your score prediction for this match orange county score first one two alan Oh, uh, one, one, no, two, two. I'll do two, two. That was horrible ASMR. (laughs) Two, two. You got a whisper. Uh, Two, two. Brad, what's your prediction? I'm not increasing my standing or catching up to Dylan any. I'm also one, two. I'm going to go 2-1 Orange County. I'm the only one that has faith in this club. Go County. Although I, I think some of our listeners draw. have faith. I think some of our listeners have faith. Um, but Dylan and Brad, you guys are 
negative on Orange County right now. You guys got to fan up. Random, uh, random soccer stuff. Anyone have any random soccer news they want to discuss? Yeah, Erling Holland is a is a Manchester City player, so the sport instead of Man U. How, oh, how and, crazy and is that? FIFA on? and EA Sports are no longer uh, broke up, romantically linked, or whatever they are. So I don't know what we're all going to do to get our little ultimate team fixed, or, or however that's going to work. But uh, per EA, it's still going to be the same game, just without the FIFA name. Oh, perfect. Well, for when you guys feel like staring at a glorified Excel spreadsheet, Football Manager is there for you anytime. <laughs> uh, um, Alan, do you have any soccer, interesting soccer news to talk about? I, I know. Okay, Brad, what is your interesting soccer news <laughs> to talk about? Uh, I live for the fans of the world, and no fans have surprised me and have made me happier than Everton's fans recently. Um, just sometimes fans can lift the team up from the depths of craziness and Everton's fans uh, go watch their past game this past weekend uh, where they just barely held on to a win, did what uh, Orange County couldn't. And the fans stayed afterwards for 15 minutes singing uh, Everton songs the whole rest of the way. What are Everton songs? Orange County fans did at LAFC. Uh, Spirit of the Blue. Oh, I was going to say like. How does it go, Brad? Were our teams almost Yay. better than some of your teams? Our teams almost better than almost. some of your teams. No, you gotta you gotta do this. I, I know it's a different team because in the movie we conquered it's half of you England. Do, you gotta do the Euro trip uh uh song that they do that that the guys go in there and sing the, the Manchester United song. Wrong no. team, right? I know, also, but I'm the just, last just, time Everton was in Europe. Hey, you know what it's though? Bad. Although they're 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 pretty good, there's still that slight chance Everton can drop points and fall back into relegation zone. So last um, time knows, Everton maybe were... Brad will be going to the championship. Maybe Dylan will somehow luckily come I'll be able to drop Germany. my Peacock subscription then and just watch on ESPN Plus. Luckily, Ray, Luton Town are in the playoffs. All I need is a goalie yeah. to throw the ball out and then to steal the ball to get a one nil victory which is like the best way like i think it's probably the best way to win your game to to make it to the promotional playoffs is wait for the goalie to make one of the worst blunders ever um the last time everton were in europe was during warm weather training um they just took a vacation there god um that was <laughs> that was amazing uh, do you, no, you I, actually, I you guys actually know it's been five Alan? years Alan I will does also have something soccer related to talk about. Go for it, Alan. I'll let you uh, do your thing now. I will be sad if Everton gets relegated because Merseyside derbies are still kind of fun. Um, the San Diego Soccer has won their 16th championship. Um, they pulled a page out of Orange County's book and beat a team um, from the Tampa Bay area in the Florida tropics. Uh, and they only lost two games all season. They lost in overtime in regular season, lost once in overtime in the in, throughout the entire playoffs, and they just kicked the snot out of everybody. Playing a very Ray, you would appreciate this a very defense oriented and counter attacking offense, uh, which was amazing to see in indoor soccer. It's intense. Uh, so congratulations, San Diego Soccer's. I was going to ask Christian Duke, did he play at all for them this year? 
Uh, he apparently signed for Kansas City, but I don't know if he played. Uh, the Sockers are playing in San Diego for one more year, then they're moving to Oceanside, so South Orange County folks. Uh, it's not a bad jaunt down to Oceanside to check out an indoor soccer game. It is, if you've never been, uh, it is both the uh, f- most fun, but also the most chaotic, and it is unashamedly indoor soccer. They They are unashamed by it uh but it's fun uh they own everything about it and you should check it out if you haven't seen it and is it real hey. soccer though alan that's the question is it real soccer because i know all fans want to know this <laughs> all right random news time who wants to go first raise your hand i think you should go first ray you never get to go first i never get to go first so you should go first um you want me to go first? Yes. I think by saying you should go first means that I would. I think you should go first. Um, I'll try and go so first. But I'm I don't hearing really have Alan go first. Yeah, Alan, go first. Um, Rays fighting Samoras beat Liverpool 3-1 to one, uh, this past weekend. So congratulations to Rays children of the corn i guess is is that the name of your ayso team children of the corn that'd be a great soccer name by the way it would be really cool that would be a cool um soccer team name i'll, I'll have to talk to my kids about that um no a we're not ayso we're lnysa and uh we are the spartans oh like michigan state I guess so. We do actually have green on our sleeves, so it actually sort of All makes right. sense. All right, um, black with green sleeves. So that's that's what we are. But yeah, we did. We actually played two games over the weekend against Liverpool teams. We did lose the first one, but we won the second one. I, I it was two different teams, but I'm like, we'll just count it as aggregate. We win on aggregate six to five. Um, that's good. So, but I was proud of the them because they beat a, a, an actual club team. And again, we're not really a club team. We were just rec moved to like select, which is like basically advanced rec. Uh, and we beat a club team three to one. So that was really cool on their home turf too. So we, it, we were the road team. So it was really cool. And I learned about a new rule. Apparently that the ref told me in the game called jumping. So um, I was very interested yes. in that uh, new rule. That is not how, that is not how you get an extra player. You can't just jump <laughs> a kid into your soccer team. That is not allowed. Right? <laughs> We've talked about that before. I'm not, I'm not sure why you need a referee to explain that to you. No, no. Really quick, what happened is is uh, one of my players went was was putting pressure on the the other team the other team's player. They had the ball, putting pressure. The kid was about to kick it, so my player jumped up, turned his back, jumped down, did not touch the other player. But the ref blew the whistle. I asked the ref what was the call, and he said he jumped. Um. So for the next like thirty to forty five seconds in the game, anytime a, a player from the other team jumped, I said, "Ref, he jumped." Um, and then finally the ref said, no, he jumped into the player. And then, but then I'm like, no, he did not touch the player. It's a whole weird thing. I was. Yeah. Maybe he recently watched the movie white men can't jump and thought it was one of the new FIFA laws. <laughs> at the, at the end of the game, I went up to him. He said, yeah, it's a rule that like I've called like once every like 15 to 20 years. Now this guy wasn't the oldest ref in the world, but uh, he said, it's something that only gets called like every 10 to 15, 20 years. So that's why you probably didn't know what the rule was, but I went home and looked it up and there's no rule for jumping. The only way it gets called is if you jump and touch the other player because of the jump, then you can be whistled for a foul. But other than that, I told my kids at practice yesterday, you can jump. Don't worry about it. There's no foul for jumping. Uh, Dylan, your random thought. 
I have a question to pose to the listeners of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast tonight. And you can think on this one. A real penalty, a real foul. No. Okay. How many average American second graders do you think you could take in a fight? Okay, so Ray's here creating a new soccer podcast about his team's soccer team, and Dylan's uh, advocating for science. Thank you for joining us this week, guys. Roll the end credits. Advocating for science? I said violence. Did I not say violence? It it's the like like talk sounds like science. And no, yes, violence. all of these second graders would be attacking you at the same time. So it would be like one of those movies that Arnold Schwarzenegger's in, and all these kids start attacking him. Is that the plot of Kindergarten Cop? I think so, right? Um, <laughs> Brad, <laughs> your random thought before we wrap things up. I can't top any of those random thoughts with anything that goes on in my wonderful rambling brain. So I'm just going to let uh, you roll the end credits. Ballots are dropping for the primary. They're dropping? Go vote. Go vote. The ballots are like, dropping. Do they fall from the sky that or something? Like ballots are dropping. They'll be in your mailbox. That, that would be that. That would be a, be a, good, a good hook one. for a song. Balance or dr- ballots are dropping. The ballots are like that kind of thing. Yeah, make that turn that into our new intro uh, music <laughs> here for us, Alan. Um, I want to thank like all listeners for putting up with our our randomness here, especially when we get to the end of these episodes. We still, I think, our count is actually higher at this point than it was when we were actually talking about soccer, which means either you just left it on and left and went and did something else, or you actually want to listen to what we talk about when we talk about weird, random stuff. Um, Maybe you just really hate second graders. Let us know the answer to Dylan's question on social media, and hopefully you don't get banned for condoning violence against second graders. Um, But uh, (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I'm still thinking about that randomness. Um, Yeah, go to our website, ocscpodcast.com, to uh, listen to any of our podcasts or potentially read news. We might be getting some help in producing some written content here, so that'll be something you can do as well. Um, For Dylan, for Alan, for Brad, and our producer, Andy, this has been the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh, God,